Fire Podcast Land. You set your dial once again to Combat Sports with Rhino, your first, best, and only all-encompassing combat sports podcast, episode 80, if you can believe it. Today, so I don't bury the lead as I do from time to time, our guest at the end of the show, Brian Bam Bam Barbarina, UFC welterweight. The dude's fought everybody. Tough as nails. Amazing interview. I can't wait for you guys to check that out. So... Our schedule is going to be as follows. This week's episode will have our coverage of Thursday's PFL co-main and main events. Our full recap of UFC Vegas 29. Drea's world-famous drop of the night. Picks for UFC Vegas 30. A Q&A with some members of the Rhino gang. And then the aforementioned Brian Bam Bam Barbarina is the latest to go 10 rounds with Rhino. So, without further ado, let's go ahead and get our swim chunks and our flippy floppies on and dive right in. Thursday, the PFL had... Uh, their card going on. I watched just the co-main and main event. We had Ray Cooper the third in the 170-pound division fighting Nikolay Alex Sarkhan, maybe. <laughs> uh, and Ray Cooper the third in, in a tough fight got the unanimous decision in that one. And then kind of the robbery that was pretty much widely general consensus. Rory McDonald, I had him winning two rounds to one over a longtime veteran Glayson Tebow. He actually did not get the nod. Glayson Tebow got the win via split decision. Didn't agree with it. I know most of you didn't either. Sucks. Sometimes it's the way the cookie crumbles. So that's our co-main and main event for the PFL from Thursday. Now let's get into the meat of the matter. UFC Vegas 24. Our first fight was Casey O'Neill, the hot prospect out of Australia, by way of Scotland versus Laura Procupo or Procupio, whatever, Proc <laughs> Procupio, uh, early clinch work, both exchanged very well. Laura got a takedown. So I think she kind of had the first round. And then from that point forward, it was really Casey to me. Laura did have an early takedown, but Casey got up quickly. Um, she got on top uh, from her takedown, did some nice ground and pound, did the, I don't know, psh- I feel like when she got into that crucifix position, that was kind of the beginning of the end for uh, for Lara from Casey. Uh, she worked her on that crucifix for a little while, then later got the RNC choke. So uh, third round submission for Casey O'Neill. Then moving into Joel Kim Silva versus Ricky Glenn. Both these guys have coming off of a long hiatus. Uh, Ricky early. He dropped Joe Kim with a straight left, went to some ground and pound. Bravely, Joe Kim Silva got up, but then a beautiful uppercut that dropped him again. The fight was over real quick. Joe Kim Silva loses to Ricky Glenn in the 155-pound division by first round TKO. And that was a fun one. That was kind of like what was to come from kind of the theme of the night. There were some great finishes that I'm really looking forward to covering here shortly. Uh, Then moving into the heavyweight division, my boys, the big boys, Fellow Michiganiac, Josh Parisian versus Roki Martinez. This one was kind of fun for me, dude. It was, you know, I know that they don't look like the typical shredded athlete of the day, right? I know that. But they really put on a fun show. Josh Parisian was trying to keep distance. Roki Martinez was trying to close distance, push him up against Cage, some dirty boxing. Both guys landed some beautiful inside elbows. They really hurt each other with a lot of these punches that were landing. I had a great time in this fight. I thought it was a lot of fun. I wouldn't have, I would not have bothered me if Roki Martinez would have gotten the nod. They did give it to Josh Parisian, so he won the split decision in the very close fight at the heavyweight division. Moving into another Michiganiac, my man Chaos Williams. Versus Matthew Semmelsberger. This one was fun, dude. Uh, it was basically 
Matt Semmelsberger was trying to throw one hard punch and end it. Chaos was throwing five, six, seven punch combinations. Not everything was landing, right? Like Matt did a good job of, of, of ducking and dodging and blocking and parrying and whatnot. But Chaos, man, at least one or two was getting through with those. His flurries were the difference. Uh, he really opened up a nice cut on Matt Semmelsberger's nose. Big win for Chaos via unanimous decision over Matthew Semmelsberger. Um, so, yeah, Michigan was 2-0 and last night. Moving into 115 pounds, we had Virna Jindaroba uh, versus Kanako Murata. Um, basically, Virna in the first round, she landed two really hard rights early, which really got Kanaka's attention. Uh, Virna pulled guard, which was not the right move. Originally is what we all thought. She really got her in an armbar attempt and really, like, wrenched. Uh, Kanaka's arm really did a lot of damage to her left arm coming out of the second. She couldn't barely use it after the second was over. The doctor took one look at it, one feel and said, this fight is a wrap. I don't know if she dislocated it. I don't know if it tore up all the tendons. I don't know, but it was in bad shape for Murata. So Virna gets the big win via TKO after the second round due to injury. Moving into the 205 pound division, we had Alexa Kamor versus Nikolai Negumaranu. And this one was all Lexi early with his beautiful jabs, crisp, crisp footwork, kind of circling out. But Nikolai, man, he was like a throwback. He was just a terminator. He was walking forward the whole time, yelling as he threw punches. And to be honest, I gave him the second and the third, man. He, between the clinch work and the stalking of Alexia, this was... This was a fun fight. I really enjoyed it. Uh, Nikolai gets the split decision. I could have seen it go the other way, but I gave it to Nikolai as well. So big win for him at 205 after also being on a long layoff post-back surgery. All right, let's go ahead and get to our main card. We had Matt Brown versus Diego Lima. Matt, the immortal Brown, longtime veteran, somebody that most of us are really big fans of. Going against Diego Lima, very tough, well-experienced fighter himself. But Matt Brown, boy, he was eating those leg kicks early, wasn't he, Drea? <laughs> yeah. He was really eating leg kicks bad. I thought, oh, crap, Matt, you're going to have to check some of those. But he, uh, his leg didn't seem too compromised when, in the second round, he landed that straight right, put Diego down and on the ground. It was a wrap. Huge win for those of us in the CSWR crew, which, by the way, all of us in the CSWR crew are over 40. And to see another member of our of our club, the over 40 club, get that big win, man, that was sweet. Huge win, huge TKO, or we'll call it a KO for Matt Brown. Awesome, awesome stuff. Moving into uh, the 185-pound division with Wellington Terman versus Bruno Silva. Holy shit. Okay, so uh, takedown for Wellington early. Bruno got right up. He takes the back against the cage. Once Bruno got on top, he started this beautiful GNP. And Bisping said something very interesting. He said that Bruno wasn't even throwing his whole effort into it, right? They were just straight hard shots, but they were connecting and they were landing in the right spot. One of them at just 445 into the first round put the lights out on Wellington Terman. Bruno Silva, first round KO due to ground and pound. Man, that was sweet. Moving into another sweet fucking finish, Julian Orosa, who I actually had this one picked wrong. By the way, my picks sucked last night. By the, I mean, no, I did not pick well at all. So Julian Orosa versus Sung Woo Choi. Uh, huge shots. Choi was throwing really hard heat early, uh, and then a big left hook dropped Julian. He, you know, Sung Woo Choi jumped on him, uh, tried to finish a little ground and pound, it, but it was really much over from that first huge shot. Julian Arosa was down and out. 
Sung Woo Choi wins the first round. Beautiful finish for that kid at 145 pounds. Great stuff. All right, moving back down to 135. We had, I was very much looking forward to this. We had Davy Grant versus Marlon Chito Vera. Both guys were landing nice leg kicks early. Chito got the takedown. Uh, Davy did some good body work. What basically happened for the rest of the fight was Chito Vera getting the takedown, having top control, ground and pound. When they would stand up, he was getting the better of the stand-up. Davy Grant, as tough as they come, an incredibly good fighter. He just met somebody who was better than him last night. Uh, he had a, Chito had a late RNC attempt that was really close, but Davy would not tap. Uh, Chito Vera got the unanimous decision in that one. Moving into our co-main event, we had Alexi Olenek, the... He's even older than the old Rhino, which, therefore, I'm always going to root for him, you know. So, Alexi Olenek versus Sergey Spivak, also known as the Polar Bear. God bless you, Drea. And Sergey was very methodical. He did a great job of circling off the cage when Alexi would try to press him up against it. He tried to pull guard. He being Alexi, I mean, he tried anything to get Sergey to the ground. And he did a couple times, but there just wasn't enough time left for him to slap on one of those beautiful Ezekiel chokes. Uh, Alexi just, he's not a very good striker. He never has been, you know, he just kind of wades in trying to get close where he can, you know, implement his game plan, which is to take you to the ground and choke you out. But Sergey Spivak, the polar bear did a fantastic job staying away footwork, circling off the cage, not getting taken down with very much time for, to let Alexi work, landed a lot of jabs. He did a good job of jabbing and trying to stay away. So I was very impressed with Sergey Spivak in this one. I hope Alexi Olenek doesn't retire because I love seeing the, uh, the old heads like us go out there and do their thing. And there's still lots of guys who I think he can be competitive with and win in the heavyweight division. Moving into our main event, future player, Dre, we got the Dan Ige versus Korean zombie fight. This one did not go as I anticipated. <laughs> I, I love the Korean zombie. I really like Dan Ige. I just thought based on his lately you know, all their performances as of late, I thought Dan Ige was going to get it done. There was a left hook from Ige uh, that hit the Korean Zombie, but then in the first round, but Korean Zombie had a beautiful takedown. Ige got out, but Korean Zombie got the better of him in that round. Second round, Zombie uh, was super accurate, dude. Everything he seemed to throw was landing. Ige tried some cage clinching to try to you know stop that and get his way back going towards his momentum. Korean Zombie would just get another takedown, and then you know in the next round, another takedown, an RNC attempt for the Zombie on the back. It was just zombie the whole fight. The fifth round was a little bit more competitive. And, and another fun one. They were both pretty tired. But, yeah, this one was clearly – I had it four rounds to one for the Korean zombie who got the unanimous decision in the headliner on this one. So, Drea, that was yeah. our recap for UFC Vegas 29. There was a bevy, a buffet, if you will, <laughs> of drops to pick from. Which one? And I don't even know. You Sometimes I know which one you're going to go with. This week I have no idea. Who did you pick for your world-famous Drea's Drop of the Night? My Drop of the Night comes from Lima versus Brown. Uh, I had to go with, with Matt Brown on this with that two minutes left of round two. Both guys actually threw rights at the same time, but Matt Brown was, was the better of the two and actually connected uh, perfectly right on the button, and down went Diego Lima um, out. So... Beautiful KO, and my drop of the night goes to Matt Brown. Well, a finer drop there is none. I absolutely would co-sign on that. Matt Brown, Matthew Mortal Brown. I mean, dude, do you remember watching him on Tough like 
forever ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, that's more than a decade ago, for sure. And uh, yeah, I remember some jerk put lime juice in his in his chaw and he got real pissed <laughs> off about it. That, that was definitely I was like, all right, this guy this guy seems pretty fun. And uh yeah, I'm a big Matt Brown fan, so I'm totally on board with him okay. getting Drea's drop of the night. So the train keeps on moving, feature player Drea. We have got we've got to get to our picks for UFC Vegas 30. And as of right now, as of this morning, there's only four that are being listed as the main event. We know that's going to change as the week wears on. But why don't we switch it up a little bit? Why don't we let you pick the first fight and you let us know how you think it's going to go? Okay, so actually I looked at it right before we started recording and it has been updated. But um, So there are two more fights that it's showing on the main. So I don't know if you want me to include Oh, those okay, or... yeah. Why don't, you, why don't you go ahead and do those and then I'll pick mine based off of what, what, the, what the matchups are. Okay, so um, it looks like we have Renato uh, Moicano versus Jai Herbert. Um, I'm going Jai on this. Um, or is it Jay? I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. Um, and I'm going around to TKO for Herbert. I'm going to go Renato Moicano. I'm going I'm I'm to go ahead and this one. I'm going to go Renato Moicano by unanimous decision. Clear cut. Unanimous decision on that one. What's the next one, future play, Andrea? Um, I have Nicholas Dalby versus Tim Means, and this is a tough one for me, to be honest, but I'm going to go Tim Means by decision on that one. So I have that one because that was on the original uh, main card. So I've I've also got Tim the Dirty Bird Means beating Nick Dalby, but I got it very close. I got a split decision for Tim the Dirty Bird Means. What do you got next? Uh, Next, we have Andre Feely. Versus Daniel Pineda, and I this one I went back and forth on. I'm a big fan of Andre Feely, uh, but I think Pineda's going to get him on this one, and I'm going to go a TKO for Pineda. I'm going to go ahead and disagree with you on this one, future player. I'm going to go Andre Touchy Feely by third round TKO, and I'm going to call my shot on this one. I'm okay. going to go. I'm going to go an uppercut against the cage. It's going to put an end to Pineda for that night. So I got Andre Touchy Feely, third round TKO. What do you got for the next one? Uh, next, we have Kennedy. Uh, it's Zechiku. Yeah, 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 yeah. Zechiku. Uh, and then Danilo Marquez. I yes. think I just pronounced his first name wrong. <laughs> no, it's Danilo, I think. Danilo, okay. Um, and I'm going to take Zechiku on this one with a clean KO. Uh, I got, uh, yeah, what, round two. Okay, round I've got the two. same thing. Mm-hmm. I've got I've got Kennedy Zechiku getting Danilo Marquez by KO in the first round. I think it's going to come out real fast, real hard, catch him, and it's a wrap. So that only leaves our co-main and main event. I think it's co-main. Mm-hmm. So we got OSP and Tanner Bozer and next. Tanner Bozer. Yeah, I think that was just recently announced um but yeah i have this is tough for me to be honest i want osp to win but i think i think tanner bozer might uh might take this so i'm gonna go round i debated round two or round three but i think i'm gonna go round three tko for tanner bozer 
See, I've got to go opposite, and it's not because I don't think Tanner Bozer is a great fighter, because I do, and I think he's only he going to keep improving. I've got, the only thing that makes right. me nervous is he just fought. I've got OSP in this one. I think his experience is going gonna, is gonna to bring him through. I've got OSP, but it's, it's going to be a unanimous decision, I think, but it's going to be a good fight, and I think mm-hmm. Tanner has a great chance of winning. I just got OSP winning by unanimous decision in this one. So let's go ahead and get into the main event, the big boys, my division, my heavyweight division. So I will lead us off. Drea, we have Alexander uh, Drago Volkov versus the young, hot upstart, the the prospect that that everyone is talking about in the heavyweight division. Cyril Gain, I've got Volkov with his experience bringing him through. I've got a TKO in the fourth round over Cyril in this one. What's your call? Feature play, Drea. I'm with you on that. Uh, there are a lot of people on that Cyril Gunn train, but... Uh, I'm taking Volkov on this, and I'm going to TKO finish uh, round three. Round three. So we've got the same thing, just round three for you and round four for me. So let's yeah. go ahead and get going on our Twitter questions. Our first one comes from our dear homie, a mainstay on this show, the Raging Sweet Potato from up in Canada. Raging, what do you got this week, dude? What is your favorite action movie from your childhood? And which fighters would you cast in what roles for a modern-day remake? <clears throat> so this is a great question. When I was a kid, I was obsessed with the Conan movies. And since you asked for me to, to cast one, I had to pick the Destroyer. Conan or the Destroyer. I know it doesn't really hold up, right? <laughs> when I was a little kid, I loved this movie. So to recast all of the main characters with UFC fighters, this is what I went with. So Conan, I got my man Francis Ngannou, my favorite fighter in the UFC. I think he would be a great Conan, right? To have him, Malik, who is his kind of sleazy, slimy, um, a, like sidekick kind of a guy. I'm, I didn't want to go with a fighter because I don't think a fighter could really pull off that kind of a role because the guy's like a coward and, he, you know. So I picked uh, the schmo. I think the schmo could do a good job. You know, <laughs> I think the schmo would do a good job of being that kind of a character, uh, kind of the hanger-on, coward type of guy. So then there's Zola, who is like this warrior supreme princess, right? I, I got to go with Chris Cyborg on this one. I think she would strike fear into the hearts of the men who uh, came across her. So for Zula, I got Chris Cyborg. For Bumbata, who is the guard of the princess who later turns on Conan. Well, you always knew he was a bad guy, but at worst, he pretends to be an ally. He was a seven-footer. He was played by Wilt Chamberlain, all right? (laughs) Former NBA star Wilt Chamberlain. So I need a seven-footer. There's not that many to choose from, right? Even though he's retired, I'm going with Stefan, the skyscraper Struve, as the seven-foot bodyguard of the princess. Then you have Akiro, who's like this tiny, mysterious magician guy. And he, you know, he's kind of... um, He's a wizard, essentially. And I've got John Dodson, okay? I got little John Dodson because Akira was very small. And I think John, who's into, like, video games and anime and fantasy, I think he'd be able to play that role fantastic. So John Dodson for that one. Two more to go. Queen Taramis, who was, like, this cold as ice, has this, you know, singular focus of power. And she's mean. And she essentially sends her niece to, you know, to retrieve this 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 jewel that she's going to unlock this powerful demon long story short queen taramis Joanna young jacek i got jj playing in this role for queen taramis and finally princess jenna who is like this 
princess who has this quest to go on, but she doesn't know. She, I mean, maybe she does know. Anyway, uh, I've got Paige Van Zandt. Paige Van Zandt would be like perfect for the role of Princess Jenna. So, Nganu, the Schmo, Cyborg, Step in the Skyscraper Struve, John Dodson, Yoani Young Jacek, and Paige Van Zandt are my main cast for the remake of Conan the Destroyer RSP. That was a really fun question, my dude. I appreciate the thought that went into that. I had a great time thinking about it and answering it. So thank you very much, my dear friend. Oh, and a belated happy birthday to you too, brother. All right, Dre, I know our next one comes from the homie Cyrus King. What do you got, Cyrus? Anderson Silva beats Chavez Jr. in a boxing match. How fucking cool is this, man? First of all, it's very cool because I've never liked Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. at all, <laughs> right? Some words that have, have been written and, and said to describe him would be as follows. Uh, spoiled, lazy, entitled, not passionate about the sport at all, and riding the coattails of his very famous father. Not to mm-hmm. say he didn't have a few good wins. I mean, he beat Andy Murray. or I'm sorry, he beat Andy Lee. And, and so, like, he's had a few good wins, but he's never really been a passionate fighter. He came in overweight for this fight. I know, I know that Anderson, his best days are long behind him, but he clearly mm-hmm. trained really hard for this fight. I don't think Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. did. I thought Anderson looked good. Again, I've only seen highlights because, like, tonight, um, after, like, all the Father's Day celebration stuff is, is completed, that's when I'm going to watch the Anui fight and then watch the Anderson Silva versus uh, Chavez Jr. So, again, I think it's cool. It is obviously not indicative. You, if, if you think right now that you know, guys who have been out of their best at MMA can just go in and beat top boxers. That's incorrect information, right? Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. has not been a top boxer for a very long time. He has never been somebody who was seen as a a top-tier guy anyway, even at his best. So, yeah, I think it's very cool. I've always been an Anderson Silva fan. Never liked Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Huge fan of his father, but not of him. So I think it's very cool. I'm glad that that happened. And uh, even though it was a split decision, it doesn't matter. It's still a wins, a wins, a win. So good win for Anderson. I thought it was very cool. Thank you so much, Cyrus. If you guys haven't already, of course, check out Cyrus on the Combat Corner. Check out his food post. Wonderful human being. Definitely honored to call him a friend. Thank you very much, Cyrus. Speaking of my friends, my dear friend APB has our next question. What do you got, APB? I've always loved Matt Brown and was so excited to see him faceplant Lima, even though I'm also a Lima fan. Just curious, what's your favorite Matt Brown fight? I had to think back to, like, what was my first, like, real memory besides tough? Like, what was my first, like, UFC memory of Matt Brown? And that was beating Mike Swick. This has to be, like, at least 10 years ago, maybe more. But I remember him beating Mike Swick and being like, man, this this guy's on the map. Because I think Matt, Mike Swick at that time especially was a pretty good fighter. And Matt Brown just decimated him. Now, that's my favorite probably overall fight. But my favorite Matt Brown moment has got to be, and I like Diego Sanchez, but man, that elbow where he puts him on the mat, it looked like a sniper hit him from the roof. I mean, my <laughs> God, what an incredible elbow that was. Yes, I've always been a Matt Brown fan. Even in defeat, the guy brings it every single time. Um, fellow Midwesterner, you know, he's from Ohio. So very cool for Matt Brown to have had this career. Uh, I love that he got the big win last night against a tough opponent. Yeah, I hope Matt Brown sticks around for a while, dude. I think he has the ability to do so. So fantastic stuff. So that's going to put an end to our Twitter questions. Our first voice question I know comes from my dear homie, Jim Asun. Jim, what do you got this week, dude? What's going on, you bunch of fucking casuals? Rhino and the Rhino guy. Hope you all doing well. Uh, 
my question for you this week is, uh, what's next for Matt the Immortal Brown? I'd love to see him fight Nick Diaz, but just go to show the old fucker has still got it, eh? I love it. So that's my question for you this week, man. Keep up the great work. And you know it's always 420, kids. Peace. Well, that's fitting that your question had to do with Matt Brown as well because the last Twitter question had to do with Matt Brown. So here's what I think is next. First of all, I love the Nick Diaz idea, please. That would be amazing. Just to see Nick Diaz come back and fight anybody, I would be super stoked, Andrea. I know you would too. Uh, but 100% Matt, would be. <laughs> right. But Matt Brown would be a fantastic uh, first fight back. <clears throat> if that's actually what happens, great. Um, I, I, I'm, you know, I'm a little skeptical on if that's ever going to happen. So I came up with a couple more ideas for for Matt Brown. So Cowboy Oliveira, I think Cowboy Oliveira would be another veteran um, at 170 pounds. I think they're both long and lean. I think they would both have kind of a stand-up war, and I, I'm all for that, right? And I also think that Matt Brown would win that fight. So I definitely would like to see that. Uh, the other one that I came up with was a rematch with Tim Dirty Bird Means. Now, he's got a fight next weekend against Nicholas Dalby, which we already talked about, right? Should he win, they would both be coming off wins, and they would have fought just a week apart from each other. They fought for the first time in 2015, and Tim Dirty Bird Means lost. So uh, I think it would be kind of fun to see him try to get revenge against Matt Brown. They're both guys I enjoy watching fight. I think their styles match up really well, you know what I mean? So big Jim is soon. I got to go with either Cowboy Oliver. If Diaz doesn't happen, right? I want Diaz first. But if Ooh. Diaz doesn't happen, I would love Charles Cowboy. I'm not, yeah. No, no, no. Hold the slow, slow down, slow down. Cowboy <laughs> Oliveira or Tim Dirty Bird Means. Those would be my two guys I would love to see. Uh, yeah, dude, definitely. All right. Thank you so much, Jim. And I know our next one comes from our homie D. Kronz. I found another Canadian broski with the mosky. D. Kronz, what do you got this week, dude? Hello, Rhino Bro. That was a fun night of fights, but I always love them. My picks were good, not great. I enjoyed that card, though. Um, Listen, anyone that knows me knows I'm super biased, and I had a couple cocktails last night, to be honest. But I thought Anderson Silva won every round. It should have been a unanimous nod instead of a split decision. He looks spectacular against Chavez Jr., which is pretty crazy, really. I just wanted to hear your thoughts on Anderson's boxing future, how he looked last night. I just wanted to say I love all you guys. Happy Father's Day. Rhino gang gang. Bam, bam. Oh, homie. So I haven't watched the Anderson Silva and Chavez fight yet. I've just seen highlights. Uh, that's definitely on the schedule for tonight. Uh, Post Father's Day celebration stuff. So I'm planning on watching the Inui fight and then watching the Anderson versus Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., homie. I'm definitely looking forward to watching both. Yeah, I'm really into that. I'm super stoked on it. That probably won't be till much later in the evening, but it will give me absolutely. Uh, you can just DM me, bro, and we can we can talk all day about it, my friend. D. Kronz, thank you so much, and happy Father's Day to you and your family, dude. So that's going to lead into our um, our quick word from our sponsor, followed by our interview with UFC welterweight Brian Bam Bam Barbarina. Hey, Rhino Gang, are you looking for a piece of furniture to tie the room together? Maybe make it feel a little bit more homey? How about a beautifully restored dresser for the bedroom or an end table for the family room? We'll look no further than my good friends at K&R Designs. 
You got a piece of furniture that needs restoration? They got you covered. Looking for a new addition to your home decor that's already been beautifully done? They got you there, too. We're talking dressers, armoires, kitchen tables, cabinets, nightstands, any and all wood furniture you can think of, they've got or can get for you. So check out K&R Designs in-store at 101 West Chicago Boulevard in Tecumseh, Michigan, or on their website, knrcustomdesigns.com. Check out their Facebook page, K&R Home Deco, that's D-E-C-O, to see everything they have and the amazing work that they can do. You can also call and order at 517-605-7173. They accept PayPal, Venmo, Square, Cash, Check. They accept them all. So if you want the absolute best of the best and restorative wood furniture creators, you got to check out K&R Designs. Tell them you're a member of the Rhino Gang, and that'll get you 20% off your very first purchase. Once again, check out K&R Designs, Combat Sports with Rhino's proud sponsor. Ladies and gentlemen out there in the Rhino Gang, we've got ourselves another fantastic guest that I'm so stoked to have on. You know him as a UFC welterweight contender, Brian Bam Bam Barbarina is joining us today. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today, sir. Hey, Rhino. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Oh, Bam Bam, we are super stoked to have it. You are absolutely a fan favorite and a total favorite of the CSWR crew over here. So, dude, in 10 rounds of Rhino, it's the same question for every fighter for the first question of 10 rounds. We love to know the background story, the origin story. How did you first get into MMA? Uh, I was actually in, in high school. Uh, you know, I was a football player. That was my main focus. You know, the dream was I'm going to go, I'm going to play football in high school, do so great. I'm going to get college offers, go play college ball, go to the NFL, all that. But then uh, I found MMA my junior year of high school and um, I saw it on TV. I saw the UFC uh, Ultimate Fighter and it was the first Ultimate Fighter and I saw that on there. I was like, what the heck is this? Started watching it, fell in love with it, started watching the fights, and uh, I have two younger brothers as well. They're a year younger than me, and they're twins, and uh, we always, you know, roughhouse around and everything like that. You know, we mess around with boxing and everything a little bit, and, um, you know, from that moment on, we were like, we're going to do this. Like, we want to do this and, and train for this, and I still played football and finished out high school, but come the end of the year... Uh, my senior year, I decided to, instead of take the college offers that I got, because I did do good, well in football, I decided to pursue MMA instead and uh, started training with my brothers and everything like that. We started just, you know, learning what we can off of watching the fights and uh, and all that. And then we even started a little underground fight club with uh, people from school <laughs> and, you know, bought some MMA gloves and just, you know, matched people up, asked them if they wanted to, you know, throw down and, and we'll match them up with somebody close to their weight, did it and had a bunch of <laughs> little fights and everything. So that was fun. And uh, it wasn't until, you know, after I graduated, there was nowhere to train there. So after I graduated, I was started looking for a spot and I ended up moving into Minnesota and uh, the closest gym like big gym there was like six hours away so that was a no-go uh but i got lucky and found some local fighters uh who were training out of the town i lived in and uh, they were training out of their garage had mats and everything and they were just a bunch of hard-nosed grinders and uh that's where i started the the gym was called the stomp factory and i trained there for six months and then had my first fight 
Dude, that's amazing. <laughs> you're at least yeah. you're, you're at least the third or fourth fighter that uh, I've interviewed who's had these underground fight clubs, which is it's really funny to hear that. Uh, it seems to be a um, you know you wore you got your promoter hat in addition to your fighter hat all the time. <laughs> <early. laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so, dude, your next fight is with uh, Jason Witt at UFC Fight Night on July 31st. Ha- has camp already started for you? If so, how's it going? Oh yeah, camp camp's fired up and started. Um, you know, I'm coming off of emergency surgery, and um, so I started camp a little early and uh, just started building back and making sure everything was gonna go as how I had planned and everything. And then I got the notice for the fight, and so it was time to to really get going. And you know, now we're six six weeks away, and uh, man, I'm just I'm feeling better than ever. Uh, Everything has gone perfect. Uh, my coach has really come up with a perfect training schedule, training plan. He runs my diet. He runs my conditioning. He runs my, my all my training. So, uh, you know, he he's really dialed it in, dialed it in and uh, has everything set perfect. And I'm feeling great and better than ever and ready to go out there and put on a show. That's awesome to hear, dude. Now, you're 22 pro fights into your career. And if you look back at, like, other fighters who have had 22 pro fights, they do not have the kind of resume that you do. I mean, really, you have taught, you have fought the who's who in the top tier of UFC welterweights. That has got to give you confidence facing anyone moving forward in your career, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, all those guys that I fought, uh, you know, I I don't take anybody lightly. No matter what their name is, no matter who they are, what they look like, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, I got an opponent to go against, and. Um, you know, it definitely gives me confidence, you know, taking those guys the distance and, and having good fights with them. Um, but I treat I'll treat this fight just as another one of those fights is, a, is you know, I see him as a threat and I got to go in there and perform at the best of my ability and uh, do my best to try to put him away. Absolutely, dude. And that's the that's the absolute right mindset to have as far as I'm concerned. Now, dude, your gym, the MMA lab is like one of the most preeminent gyms in the entire world. You're from California. And like you said, you also spent some time in Minnesota. How did you decide on the MMA lab as the place to take your career to the next level? Yeah, so I'm actually not at the MMA lab anymore. I trained at uh, I train now at Jimmo in North Carolina. And uh, but I mean, I'll definitely uh touch on that as well because uh you know i was in minnesota when i started fighting i had one amateur fight which was six months into training after shortly after that i went pro um you know my guys that i worked with and just some local guys they're like hey man you can make money doing this and i'm like hell yeah how and they're like you just go pro i was like how do i do it and they're like oh you just sign up for your next one as a pro and i was like oh awesome i'll go pro so, <laughs> i i just went pro with one amateur fight and uh you know, it turned out working out well for me, and uh, and I fought started at 205, and then actually did two fights there. My amateur one, my first pro one, then went to 85, fought 85 for a long time, and then moved back to Arizona because <clears throat> I finished off high school there, and then um, you know was living in a small town there where there was no training or anything, and so uh, there was a small gym there, and I decided to kind of run my own thing with my brothers there, and we kind of built it up and. I just had whatever training partners uh, and Eric Prindle walked into the, the gym. He's a ex Bellator yeah. fighter. Uh, yeah. World bare knuckle, bare knuckle, champ. huge. Yeah. Huge guy. But yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Massive walked in, decided he wanted, he's uh you know, he's lived in that town. So he's was, you know, there for the week and we trained with him. And then he asked me at the, the end of the week, if I wanted to go down to Phoenix with him the following week and, and try out some gyms. 
I said, sure. So we went down there and tried out a few gyms. The MMA lab was the last one I went to. And, uh, I went in there, did their session, their, their pro practice and, you know, talked to the coach, had a great, great time talking to coach, great training session. And he invited me back to any time I, I want to come down. And uh, that night I went home. I told my wife, if, if MMA is what I'm going to try to pursue and I'm going to try to make it to the UFC, I need to be at this gym. And we moved a week later. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. She's like, OK, I'll start applying for jobs. She got a job fast. And we went down there and moved. We were down there a week later, moved down there and uh, started my pursuit uh, of really going after, you know, trying to make it into the UFC and everything. Um, and then. You know, I fought for with the lab for a very long time. A lot of great guys there. Uh, a lot of brothers that I had there, brothers, sisters. You know, uh, guys that I consider guys and girls I consider family. Um, still at the gym and everything, and a great group of people. Uh, they did a lot for me, a lot for my career, and uh, definitely helped me get better. And it's definitely one of the best gyms on the on the earth. And um, you know, then it was time for me to kind of make a change in my lifestyle. Um, my wife and I wanted to, to change our lifestyle. We wanted to live off the land. We wanted to get property, build a farm, raise our kids differently, and uh, just have a different lifestyle for our entire family. Uh, so we moved to Tennessee and brought some property and built a farm and then uh, started training at, at with Jeff Jimmo over at Jimmo in North Carolina, Gastonia, North Carolina. And uh, honestly, it's been literally Jeff is a wizard. He is, he is the Yoda. I'm telling you, this guy is amazing. And I've known Jeff for a while because my buddy Hot Sauce Holtzman, he's uh, had him in his corner and worked with him a long time in his career. Um, so that's how I met Jeff and knew where to go. And uh, man, he's done so much for my career, even through my injuries and adapting my training and everything and things I've had to go through. Um, he's been the ultimate the ultimate master and like the perfect piece, the last piece of the puzzle that I need in there. And uh, Jimmo is really transforming and becoming better, you know, more and more known. And uh, it it damn well should be because I'm telling you, it's run by one of the it's run by the best guy out there. Uh, Jeff, you know, man, he, he runs runs it and he is so knowledgeable in every aspect, man. It, it's definitely the best gym. Oh, that's very, very cool, dude. So speaking of your next gym and your next working on your next opponent mm. is Jason Witt, dude. What do you think Jason Witt brings to the table like as far as? strategies or his not strategies but his strengths that you're training to be able to offset besides obviously having that handsome dream boat of james Krause in his corner what does he bring to the table <laughs> you're gonna have to be looking out for dude yeah you know uh i think he's well-rounded you know he, he has some striking yeah. game i don't think he had a, a great performance uh his last one out which is is whatever you know those those coming those come and go and they happen in this sport you know some things you just this is a toss-up kind of sport sometimes, and you know, wild things happen. So he didn't have the performance that I'm sure he wanted last his last fight out, and uh, I'm sure he's going to come hungry and better than ever. Uh, he's working with a great team, like you said, with James Kraus and them, and uh, you know, all respect to them. But I'm coming to take him out, and you know, I'm doing a lot of preparations in every aspect because he is well-rounded. Um, we're sharpening everywhere. You know, I've been out for a little bit because of my surgery. And uh, I definitely tell you, I haven't skipped a beat, though. You know, I'm right back in it and uh, I'm ready to go. But we're working everywhere. So I think you could be uh, be ready to be surprised by some things that I bring to the table this time around. Hell yeah, dude. Uh, <laughs> you know, the, the <laughs> when I was looking over, when I was researching you for uh, to write my 10 rounds, I came across that you actually fought Eric Moon back in 2014 in King of the Cage. Now, during my pro career, Eric Moon, who fought not only MMA, but 
pro boxing as well. We fought on the same card several times. He's a Michigan guy just like I am. So we actually shared dressing rooms a few times. So I know that guy a little bit. Um, do you have any recollection of that fight is the first question. And the second question is, can you kind of walk us through your King of the Cage experience? Like what it was like for you just kind of overall? Yeah, uh, actually, I, I remember that that fight very well, but just because, uh, you know, I was actually working my way down from uh, 170 to make my, you know, debut at, at 55 at the time. And I was at the lab and a buddy of ours, or a training partner of mine at the time, um, Victor Mesa, he's, uh, he was the king of the cage champ at the time. And he was supposed to fight Eric Moon and... Um, he had gotten hurt in training and they needed somebody to fill in. So I threw my name in and got the fight. And uh, originally they had called me and said, like, you know, he's asking if he can we can bump it up to 65 or whatever. As far as weight wise, that he was having some day. And I was like, well, is he having trouble? And they're like, no, he says he's good. Like, you can make it. He just wants to know if you want to bump it up since you're taking on short notice. And I was like, uh, no, I you know, I want to make 55 for me, you know, it's my first time I want to make it. So, uh, 55 it is. And, you know, we ended up showing up and, and weighing in, he actually, uh, weighed in heavy. I think he was like five, six pounds heavy. Um, which was whatever I was like, whatever, it don't matter. And then, um, you know, we went into the fight and, uh, you know, I was able to finish him in the first round and, you know, make a successful debut at 155. Uh, and then fought two more fights at 155 later on. But thank God we're done with that. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, King of the Cage, you know, I fought for King of the Cage quite a bit uh, in my career early on. And um, they've always been great. They've been great to me. They've been great to my brothers. Uh, my brothers fought as well. And we fought on – all three of us fought on multiple King of the Cage uh, cards at the same time. So the same night so that was pretty awesome um yeah really cool about setting that up for us too where we could all fight on the same night so um working with them has always been great i've you know had a couple of our guys fight for king of the cage um you know since then and uh you know talked with those guys again you know this i still remember them they remember me so that's pretty awesome and uh you know it's always it's always been a, a great thing and a great show to be on Awesome, dude. Now you mentioned the farm a little bit ago. Um, I was going to ask you for the next round what what kind of things you like to do outside of the cage and away from the gym. But I'm really, I'm actually very intrigued by this. So, what can you kind of tell me what like the Barbarina Farm is like, or the or Bam Bam's Farmland? Like, what what are you doing <laughs> over there? What's the what's the story like over there at the farm? Is there is there animals? Is, is there a specific crop that you raise? Like, tell me tell me about it. Yeah, uh, you know our, our farm's called the the Bam Fam farm oh nice is this the family and uh you know we have we have uh for cattle we run cattle we don't really uh, do crops besides our own for our, our garden and everything but uh mm -hmm. we have cattle we have black angus that we raise for meat and um we have uh nigerian dwarf goats which um we use for for milk and you know making soaps and lotions and and uh like goat cheese and stuff like that as well um and then we have our chickens we have a ton of chickens we eggs for ourselves because we love eggs and we eat a lot of eggs but we also sell eggs um to friends and family <clears throat> and then uh you know of course we have dogs cats and all that but uh the main farm animals those are the main ones and uh you know we're just trying to be as self-sufficient as possible like i said we have a garden so we raise produce as well like grow produce to 
to feed our family and everything. And if we have enough, we try to, to give it away to friends and family. Um, and maybe the, you know, people in need as well who can benefit from, you know, non-pesticide and, you know, just natural plants and everything. And our meat too is, is grass fed, grass raised, pasture raised. Um, we know exactly what's going into them, what they're eating. Um, same with our goats, everything, the milk, we know where it's all coming from. And, uh, we're just trying to live, uh, a cleaner, healthier lifestyle, but also uh, just a better life all around and just be as self-sufficient as possible. We know where all our food and, and everything is coming from. And uh, Dude, kudos to you, bro. That is a, that is an unbelievable story. I never I never heard that. I mean, I follow you on social media and stuff, but I guess I never caught the farm, the farm aspect of it. So that's very, very cool, dude. So, you know, speaking of food, so we've actually careened our way into the ninth round. Now, Brian, the ninth round is always about food. The, the fight is over. That. The weight cut is done. You've already won the fight. You're relaxing. You're out with the fam. You're out with the friends, the training partners, everybody. You get to pick where you're going to go to eat. Where are you going and what are you getting to really go hard on, like, one of your favorite things to, to eat? Oh, man, it's tradition. Every single time, every single fight, everything is always pizza. It's got to be nice. pizza after the fight. And uh, <laughs> me and my wife usually always get a picture of eating, uh, taking a bite of a pizza together. And it's if I have the choice and it's possible, it's La Piazza Al Forno, which is in downtown uh, in Phoenix, in Glendale. <clears throat> if you're ever out there, uh, make sure to stop by there. That's La Piazza Al Forno. It's, I'm telling you, the, my favorite pizza, absolutely. one of the, uh, I'm sure uh, it's made like it's made in Italy, um, from Naples, Italy. I mean, he makes it, he imports water, imports the flour, everything from Italy. So it's pure authentic and it's, it is amazing. And then secondly would be, uh, uh, my wife's cookies. She makes cookies. We have a, a bakery that she just started, just launched uh, local in Tennessee and it's called the sacred bakery of the Bam Fam farm. And, uh, man, those cookies, they're sacred, man. They're worth worshiping. <laughs> well, you have you you have definitely uh, intrigued me as to both because I, I'm, I'm very much a pizza fan. I try to limit it to just you know every once in a while because if yeah. I had my druthers, I'd eat it every three days and yeah, it'd be bad for <laughs> me. But yeah, I try to limit it to maybe a couple times a week, but I mean a couple times a month, I should say. But yeah, dude, both of those things, two of my absolute favorites. So bam, bam, we have rocked our way to the tenth round with Rhino. All we're looking for at this point is your socials how can we as fans follow you on your social media what are your social media so we can keep tabs on you moving forward and check you out throughout your career yeah definitely uh you can follow me on instagram and uh twitter at brian underscore barbarina uh you can follow me on facebook i have a fan page on there which is just brian barbarina and uh, i post all my stuff on there you can also if you're interested in and in seeing more about the farm you can follow the farm page it's the bam fam farm on instagram and then uh there's also a facebook page for that there's also a page for the bakery the sacred bakery on uh, instagram as well and uh that's tied in with the facebook page for the farm so if you want to go check it out uh, i also run a podcast and also my personal brand that i have um is dctb which stands for dream commit train believe uh the slogans achieve it because that's what we're out to do and um you can follow that on Instagram as well, which is DCTB underscore or yeah, underscore brand on Instagram. Dude, that is fantastic. Oh, great. I got one more. Oh, bring more. it, bring it. Follow me on Twitch. I play video games for fun as some downtime. Um, you know, follow me on Twitch at DCTB underscore bam bam. I'm on there playing some games. I like to run it with people who come in and uh, come into the chat and hang out. 
like to play video games as well. So it's just a kind of a getaway for me from training uh, when I'm not spending when I'm not spending all my time training or with my family um, in these training camps. You know, to get some breaks in between and kind of you know unplug. It's I'm I'm plugging into the game and just having fun sure. here with everybody. So oh yeah, absolutely. So we got lots to follow. Bam Bam Barbarina, one of our favorite fighters to watch. Obviously, you've heard from the interview. What an incredibly nice and forthcoming and honest dude. We are all so stoked for you to watch you on uh, UFC Fight Night on July 31st. Check him out. Check out his stuff on social media. Our dear friend at Combat Sports, Ryan O'Brien, thank you so very much for joining us today, sir. Uh, thank you so much for having me on, Rhino. It was a pleasure. This is Brian Bam Bam Barbarina, and I just went 10 rounds with Rhino. Man, how cool was that? He, dude, he was so nice, and he was not at all kind of what I, I think I was expecting. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting, but he was so cool, dude. What a neat life that he has chosen to carve out with his wife and his family, kind of living off the grid in Tennessee while still maintaining being a really high-level uh, UFC competitor. It's awesome. You want to talk about, like, guys with resumes. Look at look at. His resume, dude. Look at Bam Bam's resume. He's fought everybody from Sage to, you know, to Edwards, to Colby Covington, and to Worley Alves. He's, he's fought everybody. And I really wish him nothing but success moving forward. So I want to, want to give a shout-out to our contributors for the forum this week. The homie Rage of Sweet Potato, Cyrus King, APB, the homie Jim Asun, our brother D. Kranz. To everybody who has supported this show, keep supporting this show. Shout out to all you guys. Thank you so very much. Of course, to Drea, the future player, her world-famous drop of the night, her picks, all the things you do for the show, Drea. We're so glad you are feeling better and have you back. To the best engineer in the biz, to D. Reigns, to our homie Dave Fretz, the Einstein of graphic design. Check him out on both Twitter and Instagram for his amazing graphic design uh, posters, graphics on tees, uh, shoes, everything. The guy can do anything. He is amazing and our dear friend. So I hope everybody has a good week this week. Be kind. Black Lives Matter. And we will see you next week. Cage side.